All right, by the way, I do love me some Christmas music, but when you throw a little heavy metal in the mix, now you're talking. I got Trans-Siberian Orchestra tickets for you. They'll be in town December 23rd at Little Caesars Arena. So we'll give those away. I mean, look, you got to make your plans. Got to make them early. So right around the holidays, you, you got to have a, a, a plan of attack. So we'll give those away coming up at uh, around 348. Um. You know, I, I think my biggest question with with this Mel Tucker situation is who knew what when? And then what information did they know? Because I think, as as you have heard me on this show countless times say, you let the process play out. Once the process plays itself out, then you can make a judgment in any in any court of law, in any investigation. To me, you let things play out, and then you make your next move. In this case, this is a Title IX investigation, so things are done a little differently. What what does that look like? Christina Coral uh, is a Title IX attorney with Plunkett Cooney, and she joins us. Hi, Christina. Good to have you. Good afternoon, Chris. Thank you so much. And so I, I want to let's get basic here a little bit because this is. Title IX is not new. It's been around, but but it is different when you're dealing in terms of the head football coach at a top 20 university like Michigan State. So so walk me through the process in a nutshell. When somebody brings a complaint forward under Title IX, what happens? So the first thing that happens is the Title IX coordinator. So just for some background, all of this new stuff having to do with Title IX being applied to sexual misconduct cases is fairly recent, you know, within the last 10 years. And there have been lots of changes in the procedures that are issued by the U.S. Department of Education. The first thing that happens when a complaint comes in is the Title IX investigator or the Title IX coordinator for the school does an initial review to determine whether, if the allegations are true, it would even be a Title IX matter. For instance, sometimes students file race complaints under Title IX. Title IX only applies to gender. So in a case like that, the Title IX coordinator would say to the student or the employee, I'm sorry, this isn't covered by Title IX, even if what you say is true. Once that initial review is done, it goes to a full investigation, which is where we are now with this case, right? Mm -hmm. There was a full investigation. There's been an investigation report that's been issued. And now we go to a formal, live, in-person hearing with cross-examination of witnesses. That's the next step. So would the, the person who brought the case forward and the defendant, would they both be present in that hearing? They would be present, and they have advisors. They're allowed to have advisors okay. most of the time who are attorneys. Not always. They don't have to be. Most of the time who are attorneys and our court system that governs the Midwest, the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, has held that in the context of those live hearings, there must be cross-examination. Okay, so now let's let's boil this down to the situation in, in East Lansing. I don't think you had any part in this. so if, I didn't. Okay, good. So in this case, uh, Alan Howler came forward yesterday in the press conference, the athletic director at Michigan State, and he said he was made aware of these allegations in December. Is that does that seem to line up with with how this 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 case was brought? Yeah, that seems to be how it played out. And frankly, that is not an unusual timeline. I okay. mean, I know people see it. It was reported in December, and it's now September of the next year. 
that's not unusual at all. It just isn't. The Nothing in academics goes quickly. Sure, no doubt. Okay, so if he was made aware of it, did he know the, the scope of the allegations then, or was he just informed that there was a Title IX complaint filed? Well, typically, I don't know in this case, but let me say that. Sure, sure. Typically, there are not a lot of details released, even internally, until that initial investigation happens. Okay. Because investigations are crazy. They just are. You know, sometimes people will say one thing to you in the first interview with them. You interview them again. They say something different. So the the athletic uh, director probably didn't know the nitty gritty. Okay. Is my guess. Okay. No, and that's fair. Next is the the investigation wrapped in July. So once the investigation wrapped, mm-hmm. was were, 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 would anybody at the 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 executive level, the president, the AD, the vice president, whomever it may be, would they be aware that the investigation is a done, and would they receive the contents of that investigation? Probably not right away. Um, so, you know, this is a, I mean, the report's like 106 or 116 pages. Mm-hmm. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I don't know if July means that was already drafted and distributed or if the investigation itself was just done. So, like I said, I am not offended at all at these timelines. Okay. This is what I see every day. And that was in, my next question. College. I see these timelines every day in college and university settings. Uh, just be, uh, a, a report that came in in July and we're not taking specific action until September doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, and, and look, I, 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 I think it's important that we clear this up because there are a lot of people that are hurting today. And I'm, I'm not just talking about the people that are involved here. I, I assume Brenda Tracy and Mel Tucker are hurting today. Right. But but there are people that have these connections with these universities and and in the case of Michigan State, they've been through a lot. Right. And the fan base that didn't have anything to do with any of this, their school continues to be in headlines for mm-hmm. for things that they wouldn't prefer. And so when you're dealing in these types of situations, I think it's important to try to figure out the timeline of who knew what, when and then the, the proper results here. And then, of course, now. Uh, which I'm sure you've seen in these investigations, whether, whether there's a coach involved or somebody uh, that would be on the, uh, the receiving end of this, mm-hmm. is there, there are contractual things that need to be figured out. And so when fans took to social media yesterday and were clamoring for Mel Tucker to just be outright fired, th- th- again, that's not really how this works, right? Everybody is, is due their day in court. Yes, there are a lot of moving parts in these investigations, and the reality is that within the last five to ten years, the focus has really shifted from the fact that victims of sexual misconduct have rights, but also those accused of sexual misconduct have rights that need to be protected as well, because frankly, even allegations like this can be career-ending. Sure. So colleges and universities are very careful to do this correctly and make sure everybody is heard. So with with these changes to Title IX you talked about over the last decade, is this a is this a good procedure? And I don't mean just in in the sense that we need an outlet for these types of of reports to be made. But in, in terms of the the success of it, is this something that that is continuing to evolve in a good way? 
Well, it's continuing to evolve. I'm not sure if it's in a good way or a bad way, but unfortunately, what we've noticed over the last decade is that this type of this type of scenario is very highly politicized. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, the regulations that came out under the Obama administration from the U.S. Department of Education regarding how to handle and adjudicate these cases were very different sure. than those. Um, regulations issued by the Trump administration, for instance. And, and so now we're at, under the Biden administration and the rules are being changed yet again. So this is, this is an evolution not only of political administrations, but courts interpreting what the regulations are going forward. And it's different all over the country, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it, keeping them on, the, on your toes and, and keeping people like you that practice Title IX, uh, certainly on your toes. Christina Kroll, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you coming on and, and shedding some uh, some real expertise on this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you got it. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJ. I'll give you some of my thoughts as we continue here on JR Afternoon. Coming up next, right here on WJR.